0: The best definition for vision that I've ever heard was that vision is seeing the future before it happens. I heard somebody say that vision is a conviction about what could and and should be. And I love that definition. Vision is what keeps you awake at night. It's what keeps you motivated to do the things that you do and what God's called you to do and who he's called you to be. Over eight years ago, over eight and a half years ago, uh, we had this crazy vision to start a church from scratch. We had no money. All we had was some faith and an idea and a, and a belief that God was calling us to Westminster to, to start a church and to, to grow in the community and to be part of, of the community. And I remember the very first interest meeting we had, I was casting vision for why, why are we doing this? Why are we planting this church? And I remember I was like, I see lives being changed. I see broken people being healed. I see new relationships being formed. I see people who had been hurt by church or had a bad church experience, um, you know, coming into a relationship with Jesus. I saw a disciple-making community that modeled the early church and impacted the world around us. You know what? God's been faithful. He's been faithful to answer uh, to, to make that vision happen, because it was his vision, it wasn't my vision or any person's vision, it was God's vision. And so, a hand, handful of us started that. And and I was sitting in service last week, looking around and looking at all the different stories of people over the last eight years that have come into be part of the Novation family, and just crying, thanking God in the back of the room while we were while we were worshiping. My word for the year is. As we, you know, I pray every year, God, what's that one word that's going to kind of dictate this year or, or keep me rolling? And my word was faithfulness. And not that I would be tempted to not be faithful, but I felt like it was a word of encouragement from God that, that success to God is faithfulness. It, it's not um, building a big church or business or whatever. It's are you faithful to him? Are we faithful to do what he's asked us to do? And because I know I'm all in, I've been all in um, as your pastor and in part, you know, shoulder to shoulder with each one of you in doing what God's, you know, called us to do, get a little choked up thinking about this. And um, so it's not, are you all in, but it's what's next. That's what I feel like God is challenging us. He wants more for each one of us personally and as a, as a church family. So we're starting a series right now here today called Invested, where we're going to look at, at, at what Jesus talked about in some of his parables about investing our life. Jesus said in Matthew 13, God's kingdom is like a treasure hidden in a field for years and then accidentally found by a trespasser. The finder is ecstatic. What a find. And he proceeds to sell everything he owns to raise money and buy that field. In other words, he was all in. He knew the worth of that treasure and sold everything that he had. And Jesus is trying to challenge and encourage us, give me your life. Give me your time, your talent, and your treasure. Those three things we're going to be talking about during this series. God's given each one of us an amount of time, amount of talent, and an amount of treasure. And so there's three things we can do with that, with our time, talent, and treasure we can waste our time, talent, and treasure. We can spend it. We're pretty good at that, right? Or we can invest it. And that's the way I see Jesus's words and challenges. Listen, invest in what's your life and what's most important to him. And he promises to reward us for that. He wants us to maximize our return, so to speak. Um, you know, when people make investments in the stock market or buy an investment property or whatever, they're hoping for a return on that investment. And we saw this this week with the craziness in the stock market going up and down and hitting its worst in, in years and the fear that comes upon us when we, we see that kind of stuff happen. But the, the cool part is in, in Jesus' promise to reward us in the life to come, for how we spent our time, talent, and treasure. He's going to reward us for how we did that. Did we, did we live for what was most important to Him? And that looks different for each one of us. Living for Jesus with all your life invested into what is important to Him doesn't mean you have to go to ministry or that you have to go on the mission field. It means being faithful to what He's called you to be. So our investment, when we put our treasures in heaven, like Jesus said, He said, Put your treasure in heaven where moth and rust and coronavirus or anything can't touch it. And that's the most beautiful part about, about Jesus is he's promised to, to, for us to, to have that return. So today, um, I've asked Kristen Diebel to help um, with, with the message she's going to teach us this morning um, about how do we invest our time and maximize our time. Thanks, Kristen.
1: Thanks, Scott. Well, good morning, everyone. This is definitely different. And um, I'm just thankful that even though we're not here together in person, we are still able to focus in together, spend some time worshiping together, and just get into God's word. Um, I decided to just for fun type into the Google search engine time management and I got six billion results. Like, that's a lot of results about time management, and it makes sense, right? Like, everybody wants to make the most of their time. Um, I really believe that the gospel changes everything. So even though there's so much information out there for us to um, learn time management tools and think about efficiency, there's nothing that is more powerful than God's Word in giving us instruction into how we can really maximize our time and invest our time in what matters most. One of my favorite quotes is from a woman named Annie Dillard. She's an author, and she has a book called On Writing. But in that book, she says, the way that we spend our days is, of course, the way that we're spending our life. What we're doing in just the ordinary, everyday, 24 hours that we each get is what makes up our life. So it's important for us to understand what we can do in those 24 hours in order to invest our time well and wisely. So before we dive in, I just wanna tell you about my very bad day that I had not too long ago, probably about a month ago. My husband, Joel, was traveling for work. So he was out of town and it was a Thursday afternoon which are, Thursdays are busy days in my house. Joel and I have four kids, elementary, middle school and high school aged students, um, but none of them can drive. So getting them to all of their places is really up to us. So this particular Thursday, I, I hadn't had a great day at work. Things were a little bit stressful and I kept getting distracted and just actually not using my time very well. Um, and then getting frustrated because I wasn't getting as much done as I needed to get done, and finally it was time I had to leave to make it home to meet the kids' bus. So I'm going home and I'm frustrated and I get there just in time to meet the kids and they walk in the door and we start the normal after-school busyness, you know, homework, snacks, reading book, hearing about their days, but I wasn't really present because I was really focused on what hadn't gone well earlier and thinking about how I was gonna get everybody where they needed to go that afternoon. So it was time to start all the drop offs and the pickups. So I'm running all over the city, dropping people off, came home for a little bit, put some dinner on the table for the kids who were at home. And my daughter said, Can I have some pepper for my food? So I got this new container of pepper out. I opened it up, peeled off the foil seal on top, and the pepper had kind of, you know, like, I don't know, gotten a little bit, what's the word I'm looking for there? <laughs> it exploded, yes, it just like poof right into my eyes. I had it right at eye level. So my eyes are immediately streaming. I can't see anything. I run over to the sink and I'm splashing water on my face trying to solve my problem that I cannot see. And as I'm doing this, I'm aware that the clock is ticking, 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 closer to the time where I need to go pick up my youngest son, Owen, from basketball practice. But I couldn't drive, right? I can't see anything. So eventually when I thought, okay, I'm safe to drive, I grabbed my keys and I flew out the door went to get him from practice. I was late, I was six minutes late when I turned into the parking lot and the parking lot's empty. I'm like looking around, lights are off in the elementary school and I realized I went to the wrong place for practice. Practice pickup was 15 minutes from where I was and I was already six minutes late. So I grabbed my purse, looking for my phone, and realized that in my pepper-induced haze, I forgot my phone. So I had no way to call the coach. I am not kidding. I started to cry. I'm sitting in my car crying because it had been a bad day. I wasted time. Some, some of it wasn't my fault. It was out of my control. But some of it was. I wasn't invested with my kids. I wasn't present with them in the short amount of time that I had with them that day. And I just sat there and cried for a minute. And then I was like, okay, I got to pull on my big girl panties here. I got to get moving. I have to go pick up my my son and figure this out. So I went to a friend's house. I called the coach. It all worked out. But I tell you that because I want you to know that I get it. This is hard. We are just people and we are going to we're going to mess up. We're going to waste time. We're going to have days where we regret the way that we've spent our time, and there's such grace for that. So I just, before we dive into the the message, I want that caveat out there that I'm not teaching today because I'm really good at this or I've somehow figured this out, but I'm right here in it with you. I'm passionate about living a life that matters, and I want us to learn together how we're going to do that. So I want to start this morning by looking at Um, scripture out of Ephesians. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter 5. This is verse 15 through 17. And it says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, some versions translate that phrase, make the most of every opportunity, as make the best use of the time or by redeeming the time. But the idea here is that we're gonna be wise by using our time well and finding out what it is that God wants us to do. It sounds great, right? But how do we do it? That's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about how we can maximize our time, spending it on what matters the most. All right, so the first thing that we can do to maximize our, our time is to keep the end in mind. Keep the end in mind. Life is short. I don't know how much more aware we could be of that reality than we are right now. Life is fragile, and it's short. We don't know how many, how many days we get. We all get those 24 hours each day, but we don't know how many of them we're going we're gonna to get. And so we want to use our time well. And when we keep the end in mind, it actually helps us to live well, it might feel a little bit like, well, is it morbid to be thinking about the reality that 100% of us will die? Well, it will actually help you to walk in wisdom. Listen to what uh, Psalm 90.12 says. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. You know, sometimes my parents for my birthday, they'll give me like a $50 bill. And when they give me a $50 bill, it takes me forever to spend it, because I'm like, I got to spend it on the best thing. Like, what is the best thing to spend this $50 on? And I'm very aware that it's, it's limited. Once I spend my $50 birthday money, it's gone, right? But if I am just using my debit card, I can sometimes spend a little bit carelessly, because it doesn't feel limited the way my $50 bill does, right? The same is true of keeping the end in mind. When we remember that life is short, we're more likely to spend it well. Not only is life short, but it's also something we're going to give an account for. One day, we will give an account for the way that we spent our time. Listen to this verse out of 2 Corinthians 5.10. It says, For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Now, as followers of Jesus... This isn't something for us to fear. We know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That's Romans 8.1. John 3.18 says, whoever trusts in Jesus will not be condemned. This is more like a reward ceremony for us. This is an opportunity for us to look forward to the eternal rewards, the most important of which is Jesus himself. But the way that we live matters, and we will give an account for it one day so keep the end in mind life is short we will give an account for the way that we've lived the second thing that we can do is determine what is yours to do one of my favorite verses is ephesians two ten, and it says for we are god's masterpiece he has created us anew in christ jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago i love that verse because it's such a reminder that every single one of us matters. Our life matters. There are good things for you to walk in, things that only you can do in this world. And I think that's really exciting. But I also remember a time when I was young. I was 18 years old. I had just graduated from high school, and I was so passionate about Jesus. I really wanted to do God's will. That was just burning in my heart, but I kind of felt like God's will was like a mystery, like I had to find the key to unlock the door that would then reveal this mysterious will of God. And I was so afraid that I was going to miss it. And I was actually, Scott was my youth pastor. He was on a mission trip with me. He led a group of us high schoolers to Scotland. And I was talking to him about this on the mission trip. And Scott said something to me on that trip that I have come back to time and time again. He said, you know what? If you want to do the, the will of God, you will. And I was like, because there's so much freedom in that. When our desire is to follow Jesus, we have a lot of freedom to choose what path we're going to take. And there is freedom in that, but that also makes it kind of difficult to know what to say yes to. When there's so many good things that we can pursue, how do we determine what is ours to do? Well, I wanna tell you a few questions that my husband Joel and I ask ourselves on a regular basis. We do this for long periods of time, looking at the year, five years out, 10 years out, and we also use these for shorter periods of time, looking at just you know, the season of, of the fall season or a couple weeks or even sometimes daily. These are really helpful for me and I hope they'll be helpful for you as well. The first question that I think is really important to ask is just what season of life are you in? Depending on where you're at, you might have freedom right now to invest your time in ways that you may not have. If you're, for example, a young family, if you're raising young kids right now, that's really the focus of your time. That's where you're investing your time. But if you are maybe younger and you're fresh out of college, maybe you don't have a mortgage or a family yet, or maybe you've launched kids into the world and you all of a sudden have Time that you just haven't had for the season where you were kind of in the trenches of parenting. In those seasons, really consider where you're investing your time. And also experience grace. If you're a young family right now and feeling any sense of like guilt over, oh, I just, I'm not giving, I'm not serving in the church or serving in organizations in the community because your focus is your kids, there's such grace for that. But if you are in one of those other seasons, consider stepping up and and maybe volunteering. Even right here in Novation, we depend on the hands and feet of volunteers to to make our our ministry effective. And maybe it's your season to step in and, and start investing some time here. Another question that you can ask is, who has God put in your life to love and to serve? If you are married, if you have children, your spouse and your children should be getting the best of your time, not just the leftovers. Most of us probably have jobs of some sort in here. Your job should be getting the best of your time. Colossians 3:23 talks about working as unto the Lord. That's if when we consider our work that way, it changes the way we invest our time there. So really think about the people that God has placed in your real, actual life and ask yourself, are they getting the best of your time? That is yours to do. Loving and serving those people is yours to do. All right, another question that I ask myself on a daily basis is, what is my responsibility? What is my specific responsibility today? In my household, I am primarily responsible for managing our home, laundry, food, dentist appointments, cleaning up, that kind of stuff. So I have dedicated Mondays to taking care of that stuff as much as I can. On Mondays, I don't do other things. I don't schedule appointments if I can help it. I don't meet friends for coffee on Mondays. I know that my responsibility is to serve my family by getting the laundry done and going shopping. You might apply this in a different way to your work, to the things in your life that you know nobody else is going to do. They really are yours to do, and it's actually honoring to the Lord when you prioritize them and take care of them. That's a good question to ask as you're trying to determine what is yours to do. I also think it's important for us to ask, how has God gifted you? Now we are gonna talk about this in more detail next week, so we're not gonna spend much time on it here, Spend a little bit of time thinking about your God-given talents, um, your spiritual gifts. What's your passion about in life? Because there's something very beautiful that happens when your gifts and your talents and your passion align with where you're investing your time. Now, that doesn't mean if you're not passionate about changing diapers that you shouldn't change diapers. That's not what I'm saying, but it is worth considering. All right, so we're gonna go into point three here. What else can we do? How can we maximize our time? here's another great tool for us. Submit your schedule to God. Now, we live in a culture that really values productivity and success and achievement and output. We actually kind of give a badge of honor to busyness because we think, well, if I look busy, and if I am busy, it must mean I'm doing a lot of important things. But listen to this verse out of Romans 12. This is uh, Romans 12, verse two. It says, "Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect." Don't don't look to the culture to determine what your schedule should look like. If we do that, if we copy the customs and the patterns and the behaviors that we see in the world around us, I think we're gonna end up spreading ourselves so thin and saying yes to too many things where we actually are not giving our time and investing our time in what matters most. So instead, allow God to inform the way you think about your schedule, and then you will know his good and perfect and pleasing will. This is tough to do, but maybe take a little bit of time and look at your calendar and just evaluate it. Does your calendar, does the way that you spend your time line up with the purposes and the priorities of Jesus? If you read through the gospels throughout the gospels we see that Jesus is about the father's business. He's spending time with the father. He's loving and serving people. He's building the kingdom. And I know we have we all have jobs. We all have responsibilities. I'm not saying that all of your time needs to be invested in, you know, serving or volunteering in a ministry. Of course not. Your job is actually one of the primary places that God has given you to invest your time. So allow him to transform the way that you think about your job and look for ways within the context where God has placed you that you can love and serve people and build God's kingdom. That is so important for us to understand because otherwise we end up separating, making something secular and something sacred when God says, no, it's all sacred. It all counts. It all matters. Pray about what you say yes to before you agree to that camping trip or signing your kid up for that next activity or going out with the guys or the girls or whatever it is, Pray about it. Ask God, is this the best use of my time? Can, can you be more glorified by me maybe saying no to this opportunity and stepping back? And even though it feels so countercultural to turn down maybe an opportunity for advancement or, you know, whatever it might look like, that might actually be the thing that will allow you to invest your time in the best way. Do you have margin in your life? As you can consider how you can submit your schedule to God, consider this idea of margin and of rest. Throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see that this principle is honoring to God. Not only do we need rest, like I can't go 100%, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I need time to rest and restore, and so do you. But the other piece of this is that when we cram our schedules so full, we cannot notice the needs and the opportunities that God might be placing around us for us to do some of those good works that he's prepared in advance for us to do. We need margin in our life. Now, I hope that you're not listening right now and feeling guilty about maybe the time that you spend on social media or pursuing a hobby or watching a movie. Those things aren't bad in and of themselves. Those things are not bad. I love spending a little time scrolling Instagram or getting on Pinterest or reading a good book. But what we need to do is be intentional about it. How many of you hate that uh, screen thing that comes up that tells you, like, how much screen time you've spent in a particular day? I have gotten to the end of a day before, seen that thing pop up, and been like, "Ooh, how did I spend three hours and 14 minutes on Instagram today? I didn't wake up saying, I'm going to spend three hours on social media today. That is a good investment of my time. But because I do it mindlessly, because I just pick up my phone here and there and get distracted, that time adds up. But when we put some intention around our time and say, hey, I want to look at Instagram, I've got 30 minutes right now and I feel good investing 30 minutes in looking at Instagram or reading a book or going fishing or whatever it might be, that is a much more honoring way to engage in activities that you enjoy and that maybe give you a little bit of a mental break and restoration without becoming a slave to them. All right, we're gonna wrap it up here with one last point. Point number four is consider the return on investment. Listen to this verse from Matthew 6. This is verses 19 to 21. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Now, when Jesus said these words, he was primarily talking about money and the way that we think about our money and our possessions, but the same principles apply to investing our time. Let's invest our time in things that give us the greatest return on investment. You know, I work with real estate investors who flip houses and they do this all the time. They consider different projects and they run the numbers and they decide what's gonna give me the best return on my investment. And we need to do this with our time. We need to look at our time and say, all right, I have 24 hours in a day. Where can I invest my time so that there is an eternal reward? What I do today, I want it to matter in eternity. I want people to know Jesus because of my life. I want my kids to know how loved and valued they are because of my parenting of them. I want my spouse to be the best version that he can be because I'm his wife. These things matter so deeply. And when we consider the return on investment and we have eternity in mind, we're gonna make better choices, we're gonna make wiser choices. I want to ask Joey Gartrell to come on up here and um, just share a little bit. Joey has a cool story. He's doing some cool things right now, and I want you to, to hear about it. I think it's a great example of somebody who's really considering the return on investment. Joey, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Joey's been part of our church for a couple years now and is serving in a couple different capacities here, and he just really has a cool story. So, Joey, would you just share a little bit about your faith journey?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um So when I was saved, which was just in uh, August of 2015, not too long ago, uh, it was a real emotional time in my life and and a lot of big changes happening, job school, relationships, um, moving, and I was really uncertain of my future, uh, what it looked like, everything that I had kind of planned for myself was not really working out the way I wanted, and and God chose in that time to save me, um, which uh, did not actually make things much easier. It actually made it quite a bit more complicated, a lot more difficult. Yeah. But during that, um, really reoriented, you know, my desires, what I wanted to work for from, from pursuing things for myself to pursuing things for God.
1: Um, okay. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now to invest in kingdom things and to kind of get that return on investment in an eternal Meaning.
2: Yeah, so um, I'm actually in my second semester at Denver Seminary pursuing a Masters of Divinity. Um, I guess it's a pretty big jump from just being saved uh, not too terribly long ago. Um, but, uh, you know, as I, as I walked with God and did some self-study, I just had a, a deep hunger to learn everything I possibly could. And the important thing about, you know, not everyone's going to have the opportunity to pursue, you know, higher education or Christian education. Um, but I had the means and the opportunity and, and the motive, certainly, um, to do that. Um, you know, I was in the military. I had the GI Bill, so school was kind of handled, taken care of. I had plenty of time to do it. My job was on board. It allowed me to. And as I prayed about it, talked to Pastor Scott about it, thought about it, talked to my family, it really became um, not so much why should I do this, but why not. Yeah. Um, and I think the important thing to take from it is – uh, that all of us can do more. You know, I was, I was satisfied with my self-study. I really enjoyed it quite a, quite a bit, but I just felt like there was probably something more. And since I did have the opportunity, I took it. And I think um, all of us, no matter what, you know, where we are in our walk, um, how we feel God is, is pulling us, that there's always something more that we yeah. could be doing.
1: Yeah, that's great, Joey. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for serving in Novation. We are... Truly blessed that you're part of this congregation. Thanks, Kristen. As Joey said, it might not look like full-time ministry or going to seminary for you to maximize your time. But please take what we've talked about today. Think about it. Talk about it with your friends, with your family. And spend some time praying and asking God, God, how can I invest my time in such a way that I maximize this life that you've given me, this one precious life that we have, this one opportunity to know God and to make him known. There is nothing more important, there is nothing more satisfying than a life lived, sold out for Jesus, just pouring our lives out for others that they might come to know him as well. So as we wrap up today, please don't just move on with your your day, but spend some time asking God to reveal to you what changes he might want you to make, what place he might want you to step up or step out and begin investing your time in a meaningful way.
0: Thank you, Kristen. That was an awesome, awesome message and I feel challenged very much. And uh, as um, we wrap up this time having video church, so to speak, this morning, um, let's remember God's on his throne, right? And he created us with good intentions and to invest our lives and what matter most to him. And so be blessed today. If you have a prayer request, a prayer need right there online on our website, you can put your prayer request in and we will make sure you get prayed for. Again, if you haven't had a chance to give, you can give online as you know an act of worship as well. And um, thank you ahead of time for that. And just pray that you have a, a blessed week let's be safe let's be smart and stay tuned for details on um, how we're going to continue navigating this strange times that we find ourselves in be blessed have a great day